Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. We're talking about whether or not it's okay to allow children to be bored or is there pressure to constantly have them doing something in some kind of a camp and a busy schedule over the summer period. Uh, child and adolescent um, psychotherapist Coleman Nocter is with us on the programme today. Coleman, is boredom a good thing for children? Um, hi, Andrea. How yeah, no, in moderation, I think it is. I mean, I, I think we have uh, an aversion to boredom and see it as something that, and, and again, parents probably take responsibility for having to entertain their children all the time. That's not good for children either. They need to have a, a way in which they can self-entertain or self-soothe. And without any opportunity to do that, they won't ever learn those skills. But um, like, in, in, I suppose going back a few years, we said life is very busy. We need to slow down. But when we paused it for two years, we found out that was too much. Do you know what I mean? So um, it is all within moderation. But uh, I think there is a huge amount of pressure on parents over the summer holidays to to keep children busy, not only from a boredom point of view, but from a almost like a childcare point of view. Most parents are not going to have two months off to be at home. So many of the camps, the things that children are signed up to are as much a childcare issue as they are an entertainment issue in many cases. And I, I see that from my own children as well. But um, that's a luxury that privileged families can afford. Um, for other families, that wouldn't be the case that you'd be able, because these, these programs and these camps are, are expensive. And, and certainly if they're running back to back, they are as well. So the idea around what do you do in the absence of that I think, you know, a degree of boredom, some downtime is something that that children can learn. I mean, it breeds invention and creativity. Again, go back to the lockdown experience. Loads of us became soured bread experts and, you know, home brewers and everything else as a result of that. So um, it's about encouraging children to to see boredom as an opportunity. Um, And when my children say that I'm bored, I would kind of think, lucky you. You know, I can't remember the last time I was bored, you know, (laughs) as an adult. And uh, and it is a seeing it as an opportunity rather yeah. than seeing it as something that I have to fill a gap for. I was reading a piece about this actually in the New York Times lately where they were talking about the virtues of, of boredom and why it's kind of a reminder to parents that it's okay to allow your children to become a little bit bored during the summer period or when they're off during the holidays. But I, I, I suppose the other side of that is that it's as much probably to allow children to be creative. I mean, think of something to do themselves rather than, you know, the scheduled rostered camp that they're in or sports club event or whatever that that's taken place for a week during the summer. Yeah. And again, I think the creativity element is something that across the board is kind of being kind of ushered out of life. You know, since when did answering emails become something that, you know, in, in your work life that encourages creativity either, you know, we cram every moment that, you know, it's actually in those moments where there's, there is a bit of reflection time that's, you know, that knowledge can become creative and can turn into something. If you're busy all the time, you don't have any room for creativity. And for children as well, you know, if they're going from, you know, and it's it's the same during the school year. If you've got, you know, piano on Monday, GA on Tuesday, something else on Wednesday and Thursday, at what point in the week do you have any time to yourself? Do you know what I mean? And, and then when children are kind of attracted or magnetized to screens, we kind of can see that as a bad use of their time. Mm. Um and again, I would always say technology is like food. There's good uses of technology and bad uses. So there's the junk food of technology. You know, I have children here, one of my lads, he'll watch someone else playing a game on YouTube. And I would see that as kind of 
a waste of his time. My other lad, he's into editing and things like that. So he kind of plays around with editing videos and things like that. And I, I would see that as probably something more creative and beneficial to him. So, you know, it's not about time spent. It's almost about time well spent. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and it is about encouraging children to use those downtimes a little bit more productively and rather than seeing it as the parental responsibility to fill it. And I think that's maybe where we, we fall down is we, okay. we see it as... Our need, you know. St- stay with us, Coleman. I just want to get some um, parents' thoughts and views. We're asking people to, to get in touch about this today. It's 1800 453 106 is the number. Eric is with us on the line. Eric, do you think there's benefits to a little bit of boredom? There is, but like like your country there was saying, it's all about balance, isn't it? Um, you want, it, it, it's hard work keeping a child um, quiet or engaged or active for a whole day when they're at home for the summer. Um, so you want to find, like as a parent, what I like is being able to, where possible, um, put them into a camp for a couple of weeks, maybe it'll take up a couple of hours, maybe from 10 to 2 or something like that, and then they come home and, and, and I, you engage them at home or you let them do things at home. So like one of the things I know, what I try and do is when I'm doing jobs outside in the garden or fixing the car or whatever, I get my, my children to help me with that, even if it's only tidying up the tools. Um, you, you try, you try, and you, you try and give them other things to do that you wouldn't, you would usually get from school. So, like we all know the saying, isn't there? Some say uh, the devil finds work, or the devil, the devil finds work for idle hands. That's a common enough mm-hmm. saying, you know. So kids will get up to mischief if they're left on their own. You can't let your child on their own the whole time. But I, I suppose the key thing is that we, that like, look, I'm in my early forties. So when I grew up, we had no summer camps, or we there was a very, very few. Um, but what we have now is, and especially mother, like back, back in, back in when I was young. Not many mothers would have worked. A lot of mothers would have been at home. But now, that's not the case now. There's, like, I, I would assume, I don't know the stats exactly, but I would assume the vast majority of mothers um, are, and, and parents work now. So it is harder. And, like, even here now at the moment, I'm, thankfully, look, I'm a teacher, so I, I have those two months off for the summer. Uh, my wife is working upstairs. So if I, my wife is working upstairs at the moment. So, like, we need to kind of keep a little bit of peace and quiet in the house so that she can answer her emails and do all the important stuff she's doing. So, um yeah, look, it, it, it's all about striking a balance. You, uh, you, you want to get them to do things, but you want to keep mm. them engaged. Like one, one of the things I love doing is when they give out to me that they're bored, I just, I just go into the playroom and say, okay, I'm going to dump this toy. And but, but you'd be shocked how quickly then they find they go back playing with that toy and they're not bored anymore. So that's, yeah. that's, that's some of the things I do. I, don't, I can imagine there'll be some unique suggestions around <laughs> to dealing with boredom like that, Eric, that'll come in from, uh, from listeners. Laura's with us on the line as well. Laura, do you think, is there, is there too much pressure on parents to make sure that their children aren't bored during the summer holidays? Absolutely. And I suppose I'm coming at it from the perspective of, you know, my job, I'm a life coach for mums and I'm all about supporting the maternal well, the mental well-being of mums. And I actually did a survey last night on my Instagram community for my business Mind Mommy Coaching. And interestingly enough, um, 90% of mums, I put the question to them, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could design the ideal summer for your children, would summer camps form part of that? And 90% said yes, because my children really enjoy it. But I think really what I'm hearing through the conversation from Colin there, Coleman and your other guests, is it's just pressure on parents to do the right thing. And I see it all the time with the work I do at moms in, am I doing the right thing? There's this feeling of guilt. And I think even the, the, by virtue of us talking about this today, it's, it's less about is it right or wrong for your kids to be bored? And it's more about trusting that we know what's right for our kids. Um, and that if we have parents that are happy and content with that decision and know that they're making the right decision for their family, 
then that in turn is going to be best for kids. Um, but the other key point to raise there is, you know, um, and your first guest mentioned it about, is it okay to leave kids bored? And there's benefits of that. But I suppose there's also key benefit coming from summer camps that came from my community in that the structure and routine it gives their kids. Um, and even personally, like my kids are autistic, I'm autistic. And that key absence of routine is massive in our household. So I'm sending my little boy to some summer camps, he's seven. And for us, it's essential to keep that routine and structure that if he is at home all day, I physically can't keep him entertained. He needs that social interaction. And back another stat there that I got from my research last night was 40% of the mums on, on my Instagram community said they avail of summer camps because back to what your second guest said there, they work full time mm. and they cannot it take time off. So yeah. there's a bigger question here about flexibility in the workplace. Um, and again, why is this coming back to being, although we're saying this is a family challenge, it still always feels like it's a woman's challenge because again, of my community of mums on my mommy coaching, they say it always feels like it's their challenge. It falls on them. So I think there's a lot here. It definitely is okay to let your kids be bored. But if we even reframe that and redefine it as bored to something else. Well, it's it's probably it's, like it's probably a, a difference though, is it not, Coleman, from the, like there's a difference to having a day off, you know, from an activity or a summer camp yeah. to actually being bored as well. Oh, there is. And, and again, I, I, I suppose boredom is, is where there's an absence of a structured or, or self-fulfilled prophecy that they that someone can come up with something to do with themselves. So they find themselves at a loose end. Um, but again, children need to be kind of taught how to entertain themselves. It's not an innate skill. And so like all your guests are right on, on the mark that, you know, some degree of structure is absolutely necessary and they absolutely need that. Um, too much structure is a problem. You know, the idea of, but for parents, like it is such a long period of time. Like if you think about three months for secondary schools and two months for primary schools, it's an awfully long time to to keep somebody entertained all the time. So boredom is inevitable. You know, the rows are inevitable. The, the, the issues around, you know, your children struggling to be able to maintain a degree of calm with each other, that's going to happen over the summer. And I think there's an inevitability around accepting that that's part of the parenting challenge and, and, and almost not expecting it to go perfectly. But the, the, the situation around where boredom becomes a problem is where it's excessive. And, and that's where I meant, like, in terms of, like, the lockdowns, that was an excessive period of, of pause, mm. some degree of pause. But you have to get going again and then accepting that there will be lulls. And, and, and again, I, I speak to the, the working parents who are probably, you know, the day is much longer over the, over the summer as well. Children are not going to bed as early as they would. They're looking outside at 10 o'clock. It's still really bright. So you're, you're, you're parenting into, well into the evening and you know, maybe where you would have had them settled for school, there's an extra hour there. And then obviously getting them up if they have to go to childcare or camps and things. So there will be contrary children, there will be narky children, there will be tired children. Um, and that's part of the, the, the dance of trying to parent through the summer holidays. But it's not about giving yourself a hard time about that. It's almost about um, leaning into it uh, and, and accepting that that will be the case. Because some, some of the parental guilt is about perfectionism and that's just... Um, you know, it's like the unicorn yeah. doesn't exist. Do, do, do you find that, Laura, from, you know, even in your in your own line of work, do, is there too much pressure on parents to try and fulfil all the days and the weeks off? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I love what, 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 you're, what Coleman's saying there is that actually that is the normality, not just of summer, but of parenthood. There are going to be arguments. There are going to be days that are really hard. And I think it's about normalising that and understanding that 
it's not this picture perfect. Like a lot of the work I do with mums is challenging those beliefs around what a good mum does and understanding that that's kind of a real false societal pressure that's put on, on mums to go, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And I think as parents, and I know I'm coming at it from the perspective of mums, I'm sure dads experience this too, but like we can do anything, but we cannot do everything. And I think unfortunately the way society is now there's this expectation you can work you can be the mom that does this you can do everything but you can't and I think that is something that I see with my clients that impacts the well-being of their child I'm all about happy mom happy child and if you start with that back to what your other two guests are saying a child can be happy and content sitting in the middle of the floor doing nothing if it's a happy environment and I think that's the core to it. But absolutely, okay. there's a massive pressure on mums to do it all and it, do it right. It, and what is right? 1800 453 is the number if you want to join us here. Anne is with us on the line as well. And do you think your kid's able to be bored anymore at all? Or is there just too much pressure to keep them entertained? Uh, well, there's not a lot of pressure on parents now. Thankfully, I didn't have that. My youngest is 25 now. But um, I was just before I came on to, I was coming up from the shops and we're, we're just having a, having a horrible shower rain. But as I was coming up, I live in a cul-de-sac and we have a football field beside us, the local club. There was at least 15 to 17 children out there on the road, up and down on their little scooters, somewhere in gardens playing games. Like the children around here, either the, some of the parents are walking from home so the children can go out to play and they're in in, in their own environment, like they're not gone far. Some of the grandparents here mind the children and that. Now, there are clubs, of course, there's football clubs there. But I think a lot of the parents around here are lucky because it seems to me in my immediate roles that a lot of them are working from home. And um, I think some of the mothers might have built up a few weeks' holiday so they can take a couple of weeks. And then I think the daddy takes a couple of weeks and then they go away on their family holiday. But the majority of the children in, in where I live right now they're out on the road playing a lot of the time. And I think play is very important as distinct from going to the football camp, the rugby camp, the ballet camp. The, you know, they need to play and interact with other children. I know in some places maybe you can't let your child out. Maybe you live near a busy road. Maybe, obviously, if you're not in the cul-de-sac and there's a lot of stuff. But the children around my estate now, I have to say, are very happy. Now, they do go to local clubs as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that. And I know there's one or two families around that we wouldn't see their children until maybe late evening because the children are in the crash all day, you know, and they only come home about six o'clock and maybe get an hour or an hour and a half out on the mm. road playing with the other kids. And then they're back in, you know. So their parents obviously don't have people locally to let them Okay. Mind them. I've, I've minded children locally for people and I find it's better to have the children if you can in their own environment and area than yeah. driving okay. them halfway across somewhere, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. As, t- texting as well from John here who says kids are they're not used to spending any time on their own. They don't actually know how to keep themselves entertained, according to John. Another listener says we've packed their lives far too much that when they've nothing to do, they're at a total loose end. Relaxing and having downtime is nearly a skill that they actually need to learn. This texter says kids are too precious now. We pander to their every single need. Whatever they want, they get straight away. Uh, They're not thought to have any patience. Coleman, what's your reaction to that? Because there's quite a few other messages, you know, similar sentiment. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, we can all kind of reflect back on our own childhoods where we left the house at nine o'clock in the morning and only came back at nine o'clock at night and it was all wonderful and, and rosy. Again, that was a different world, you know, from the point of view of the world that we live in now is different. And so, um, you know, parenting is different. Your child's virtual neighborhood is much bigger, but their actual physical neighborhood is much smaller. And I love that story of that lady talking about those kids playing out in the green and yeah. 15 because that's what they need and and again I, I i believe that children are growing up in and that there's a very there's very little adult free spaces in their lives so a lot of their extracurricular stuff is supervised by adults i've said it before i think when adults get involved the competition goes up and the fun goes down um and you're not encouraging children to become self autonomous decision makers because they do look to the adult all the time to make those decisions and we need to give children an opportunity to be able to do that but and again like maybe this is where parents are probably a bit responsible we we see children's lives as an investment you know so everything has to have a purpose and you know you're going to the gale school for you're leaving certain irish points or you're going to this music to get points and you're leaving for this and in actual fact we we underestimate or undervalue fun um and i think um for children they need more and more opportunities to have that um, more more unstructured idea of, of being able to pal around it themselves. They become better decision makers mm. and they become. Um, but I, I don't know whether we can point to, you know, parents pandering as, as an issue for this. It's the world has changed, you know, in, in different cases. Like, you know, uh, when I was 11 or 12, I had a BMX bike. I cycled a mile and a half down the road. I wouldn't let my child do that now because that very same road is full of trucks and lorries and all of that sort of stuff now that weren't there back then. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, the anxiety around leaving our children to, to become more autonomous can sometimes be too much. You know, letting your child off to go down to the shop for the first time. It's the parent that's sitting in the sitting room pacing the floor, but see will they come back okay. The child is probably fine. Do you know what I mean? Um, but we do need, and I think the summer is an ideal opportunity to give them more opportunity. And maybe for older children, those that, that group who are too old for summer camps and too young for summer jobs, it can be really difficult for that group. They're kind of 13, 14, 15, that, that first to third years, um, trying to give them some responsibility and autonomy and and, and and life skills that mm. they maybe wouldn't get. Oh, yeah, um, and there's definitely, there's, there, there's definitely that tricky age group. And actually, that's a point as well that's been made um, by some of the texters too, Coleman, around when you're nearly, you're kind of just slightly beyond summer camps. Um, and if you're not involved in teen sports, but you're you're too young to have a summer job and that kind of void then that can sort of exist for um, those that are, you know, teenage age and really have nothing nearly to do for, for the summer. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. We're asking, is it okay to allow your children to just become a little bit bored during the summer period? Or do you constantly feel the need? Or maybe you have to look just due to even childcare considerations. It was pointed out a little bit earlier to keep them in summer camps and keep their week schedule busy over uh, over the next month or two as well before they head back after the summer break. A lot of people getting in touch about this today. Greg is with us on the line. Greg, is it okay to allow your kids become a little bit bored? Well, um, Andrew, basically my view is that there shouldn't, there shouldn't be a big change like this for the parents. I mean, a lot of parents would be working full-time. So I think that the schools should be open like any other business. And like if, if, if the parent wants, wants the child at home or whatever, that's grand, that's their choice. If they want to send the child in, into school, they can do that. Summer camps can be very expensive and not, not everyone has the, has, has the means for them. The schools should be providing them just as part of their ordinary education. 
Mm-hmm. Or they could do a lot of other other extracurricular activities that they should be doing all year, but they don't. They have a very limited curriculum, and they could they could you know teach things that kids would be genuinely interested in learning and have those sort of things on in the summer. It's just absolutely insane that you you these teachers nineteen weeks or thirteen or thirteen weeks of primary holidays. It's just ridiculous. It's it's one thing that the students getting holidays but like we're it's a joke right so you a think grown you, adult you a think teacher would have would have more holidays than a five-year-old child a five-year-old child has 13 weeks so you think scrap and, the uh, and scrap the summer holidays for the teachers you scrap scrap them but you wouldn't even have to scrap them all you should you'd like i mean the, the situation is so ridiculous that any year that you pick you could have the situation that the Leaving Cert wouldn't be corrected and no one would get Leaving Cert exams because that's all voluntary. It's all optional. I, I, I was going right, to say voluntary. It it's not voluntary. No, but it's, it that, doesn't. Yeah, they, get paid, they, they get paid through the notes for it. As you know, there's been a shortage of, of teachers the last five years or so to correct the Leaving Cert. That's why the results are so late. And instead, well, of, instead of the minister standing up and, and having a bit of gumption and saying, like, you know, that's part of your job, just do it. Yeah. They just throw the whole load of extra cash at them to make sure that they have people to right. do it. So your, your thing isn't about the summer holidays. I'm sure, talking about... Off, uh, about yeah, off you're script. not, so you're not I, talking about saying, children being bored. They are. Yeah, this I, is... I'm saying things that, like, people would actually be thinking rather than coming along saying, oh, the teachers are great, the nurses are great, the guards are great, oh, the, oh, the, the public sector, they're great, they're great. <laughs> Yeah, so you think the school should be open during the summer, basically, is your point on it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. They Catherine, then, let, me, sure. let me get some reaction. I have no doubt that there'll be a lot of reaction to that. It's a slight, slightly off topic, but absolutely, if people want to chat about it, we can do that. Catherine is with us on the line. Catherine, do you think Greg's suggestion there, keep the schools open during the summer, is, is, that, is, is that something you'd agree with? No, I think it's really important that young people have some downtime and boredom. And, and I think all of us need it as adults, but especially for young people going into teenage years. I work in, in third level education myself, and I just think it's so important they learn to manage their time when they don't have that structure. Because I, I would see with some students, and you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person working in third level, they struggle with the transition where they go from a very rigid, perhaps, you know, school system and their summers occupied and all their time occupied. Suddenly they go into third level at 18 three months after they're leaving sir, and they have to run their lives they have to multitask they have to time manage they have to organise themselves and they a lot of them do struggle and I wonder is it because their lives are so structured every day they're doing this too. there's no choice uh, there's no chance for them to learn those life skills that, that would be my feeling mm. and I also I kind of wonder why there's no kind of some job opportunities for 14, 15 year olds in a very secure environment over the summer like they have three months off from 13 years of age you know, and that's such a shame with a labour shortage. Is there nothing we could do as a society to upskill them or to give them some employment? I would have assumed it's that it's uh, it's it's you have to be sixteen, isn't it? I think sixteen is it, and if, or if you're a family business, you can work before that. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're going to do a lot of hours, but some kind of a a work scheme, I think, over the summer will be fantastic for them, for their confidence, for life skills, for development, yeah. even thinking about careers that they might like to do. I mean, we have a labour shortage. Obviously, they can't work like an adult, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to say, it's taken an entirely team. different turn between Greg's suggestion, yes. leave, the, leave the schools open during the summer and, and now allow, um, you know, effect, effectively, I suppose, teenagers to start working a lot earlier. But no, they're, they're interesting mm-hmm. points. I'm not uh, I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't yeah. shouldn't discuss them. But on the point, though, that we were talking about a little earlier, um, you know, sh- should kids be allowed to be bored or is there too much pressure on parents to pack 
the the summer holidays. You know, every week with some new camp or activity. Like, do, do you? What's your experience of that, Catherine? Well, I have nine-year-old twins, so I have my little boy. I'm just waiting to pick him up from a camp. I, you know, like some of the parents, I'm lucky that I'm I'm able to book him in for a few camps to kind of, I think, transition him from the school system into that free time. I think it can be very difficult for families who don't have the economic means to children finish school and that structure and routine. And then the next week, they've all this free time. So I think a balance is good, but I definitely would like my children to be bored some of the time and to get used to managing that time and the emotion around that and, you know, motivate themselves. So I think a balance is great for them. And, and summer camps are more fun. And sometimes they can learn sports skills or art skills or coding. Mm. So things of that nature. I think the balance is important. Yeah. But I think we absolutely need boredom. No, it's a, it's, it's a really interesting point that actually around, you know, heading into third level when you come out of the, the school mm. regime, you know, and oh, yeah. the independent living. And I even remember I did an arts degree. And, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from having to be somewhere from, you know, mm-hmm. nine to three or whatever, quarter to nine to three o'clock every day to maybe having 11 hours during the week yeah. and oh, yeah. a couple of tutorials and you don't show up sure it doesn't really matter you know nobody's going to notice you in a mm. lecture hall of 500 people not sitting there but like I suppose that, that is that's, but that's kind of all part of the whole college experience isn't it or the third level experience It is but I think we're not really preparing them for them in the terms like if you think about it the, the current Leaving Cert group have just finished their exams and within three months they're going to be you know running their lives in a vertical commas they're going to be legally adults and they're going to have to maybe, you know, deal with rented accommodation, landlords, the grocery shop and their washing, their college, maybe a part time job. Like within three months, they're expected to step up so much. And I just wonder, are we really preparing them for that as parents and as society by having such a structured life for them where they're not? I suppose a big theme for me will be coping with uncertainty. That's a huge issue in okay. society for all of us, yeah. but especially with younger people. And if we have such a structured life for them when they're not bored, they're not learning to cope yeah. with uncertainty. Um, Katrina's on the line as well. Uh, Katrina, you've been listening to, to Greg and, and Catherine. Is there too much pressure on parents to pack the children's week off during the summer holidays? Yeah, I think so. I think um, my son is 14 and I just leave him organised his friends who he's meeting. And um, I feel a little bit like a taxi, but everyone has a valid point, you know, from what I've heard in the conversation. But you know, it's his responsibility to figure out what he's going to be doing. He's only going to one camp, and that's what I say to him, that it's, you know, if he wants to entertain himself or relax, that's up to him. But I don't have, I don't feel, like, it is awkward when you're working. I'm working full-time, and I work in education as well, so I work in a different area, though, not necessarily schools. Mm. And, um, but it's his responsibility to bring his friends, organize playing outdoors or playing soccer, um, I don't. I don't feel there needs to be too much structure to it. It's just when it happens, it happens. But I like to keep it relaxed. Otherwise, I get stressed because I've got a lot going on myself. You know. So if he's bored, well, you know, find, find something, something to, to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's why. That's why I look point. at it. Ju- uh, Judy is on the line as well, Katrina. J- Judy, do you think there's benefits to being bored? <coughs> Sorry, from Sligo. You can hear me okay. You can. You see, the, the other lady said to turn off the speaker. Can you hear me I now? can indeed. Yeah, I can, Judy. Yeah, Go on ahead. That's okay. No, I'm not, no, no, I'm not a, a, a man because I hate the word mum. The mums. The mums of the mummies, you know. But I'm a, I was a primary teacher. And I think, really, I, I used to teach the infants. And we all had the um, 
the Fisher Price, you know, the, the kitchen and the this, that and the other in the classroom, you know, for them to play kids' mm. page. But, I mean, before though, that, kids would, with boxes, that make up things themselves. What I'm trying to say, I'm not blaming parents, but people that buy toys for children, you know, with Christmas and birthdays, the aunties and the uncles mm. and all the rest, there are playrooms full of toys. I know it from friends Yeah, too much own. stuff nearly. And like kids go from one toy and it leaves them in, but you still can't take it away because yeah. they might, you can't give them away. Yeah. No, no, I know it's, 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 um, now said that like with hers, you can't. Yeah. Okay, no, it's, 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 thanks for the, thanks for the, making the point, Judy, as well. We've Patrick on the line too. Um, Patrick, do you think there's benefits to being bored? Sorry, I, I, I missed the, uh, the question. Yeah, we're talking I, I about, about teachers. You got into oh, this is in relation to Greg's point, is it? Yeah, sorry. yeah. I, I just my my counterpoint to that is look, I I'm not a teacher. I'm actually a, a chief technology officer, but I hire um, graduates and et cetera, et cetera. But this this particular debate, I've, I've heard it on various um, forums for quite some time about teachers' pay and this ridiculous amount of time that teachers have a holiday and so on and so forth. And I just like to say that people misunderstand. Um, the average pay of a, of a teacher, secondary teacher, is 56000 The average pay of a primary school teacher is 53000 In the private sector, people with those le- that level of qualification will get a lot more. Um, so what they're actually paid is 12 months. Sorry, they're paid for the nine months that they work, and it's averaged over the year. So when people look at them being off, they're actually paying for that time off themselves. It's not an additional cost. It's not that they're being paid for doing nothing. It's included in their salary. Mm. That was the point I was making. Yeah, oh no, this is in relation to the, I think it was, uh, caller a little earlier talked about um, the fact that schools should be open really to cater for children during the summer period. I think it's unreasonable, absolutely Andrea, and I think it's an unreasonable ask um, to do that, to, uh, to 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 bring it down on teachers as if child minding. Sure, it'll never know, happen. Was, it's not. I know it was a point that was made, but it's not. You know, it's it was that's yeah. not not the debate essentially that we're we're having today. But no, it's 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 a fair point certainly to make absolutely with regards to um, a teachers' pay and, and remuneration. Just on the discussion about the boredom and children allowed being allowed to be bored, do you think it's a good thing? Um, I, I well, so I've got two. I've got a fifteen-year-old going on. 57 um, and I've got a, a, a 10 year old um, so I've got uh, both girls um, I think there's a certain amount of downtime that's required and one of the things I see with the with the parents of my my cohort if you like is that there's a need, they feel a need to have them busy doing everything of every you know, have something planned for every second of the day, for every, every day of the week and I think that's a big mistake I think kids have to have downtime, I think they have to be allowed to be bored a little bit um, but that doesn't excuse the fact that we have to keep them active. Like we've just built an outdoor play center for our kids outside, so that they can get out there. And like my parents did with me, you know, mm. out you go, sun is shining, out you go. The sun isn't shining. There's yeah, your coat. Find your own phone. Come back for dinner. Like you know, yeah. use your body, climb things, you know, swing on things, learn how to play sport, do whatever need you need to do. Go out and get off the screens for God's sake. Like we, we limit screen time in our house because we have to. Because if we were to le- leave it alone, the thing is addictive. Um, and like with any other addiction, that's on the parents, right? The kids are going to get sucked in because they don't know any better. It's on us. 
to limit those things and to and to have the legitimate concerns about what's available mm. on screens these can, days can to pretty j- much any medium. Yeah, j- j- just a final point, Patrick, on that that was made by another caller too around allowing um, teenagers, you know, even from the kind of 13, 14 age group to do certain or limited jobs for some form of payment, you know, maybe just in certain industries. Like, is that something you'd be in favour of? <laughs> well, my daughter actually appeared as an actress in... Um, in um, oh, um, clean sweep on RTE this year. Um, so uh, clearly, I'd be in favour of it. Yeah, she's working. I think it's important. <laughs> well, she, well, she, she, she's you know we had to get know, a special yeah, license know, to do yeah. it, right? But we we give our kids money for doing chores in the house. Now I've heard a different debate about you shouldn't be doing that, and I, and I don't really care what people's opinion is on that. My opinion yeah. is, it's not about it's not about the money, and I'm not bribing them to do the work. What I'm trying to do is teach them that work and effort comes with reward and with that reward comes money. So I'm trying to instill in them a sense of financial uh, responsibility and the fact that if they work hard, they can do more. They can buy more and they can satisfy them. I'm trying to teach them those kind of important skills at this point. Well, listen, thanks a million, Patrick, for getting in touch. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.